Welcome to another Bitcoin and Beyond podcast. I'm Ben Kassner. This podcast is powered by AAX, the first exchange to make the switch to the Satoshi standard to drive the adoption of Bitcoin. Don't forget to follow us here, as well as across all our social media, and be part of the conversation. With so much going on in the, in the, in the kind of crypto markets, uh, sometimes it's useful to think about Bitcoin in terms of uh, first principles, right? So from a first principles perspective. Uh, when we do this, then we're actually looking at, at what's possible and what's not possible given particular constraints, right? Like the laws of physics or logic. And based on that insight, we can build from there. And so when it comes to Bitcoin, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. Right, so already from the, from the early discussions with uh, Satoshi Nakamoto across forums and from the, the Bitcoin white paper, there's been a kind of explicit focus on first principles. So the question we want to look at really is, you know, what does it take for Bitcoin to become uh, a global reserve currency, you know, um, and, and what gives it that potential? And when we talk about this subject, it's not very useful to talk about kind of Bitcoin's volatility. Uh, it's very short-sighted because as with all kind of adoption curves, you know, volatility is a part of it until it isn't. So instead, you know, we should look, we should look more objectively at, at what money really is and what would be required for something to become a global currency. So money is essentially a tool that enables us to determine value, to exchange value and to store value for future exchange. And so uh, money in itself does not have, at least in my view, it does not have intrinsic value, but you could say that some forms of money are better than other forms of money in uh, communicating and holding and transferring that, that value. I'd like to add as well that, uh, you know, if you want to go deep into the subject and take a really deep dive into Bitcoin's first principles, uh, I would highly recommend you to listen to What Bitcoin Did, the podcast by uh, Peter McCormack and his recent conversation with uh, Parker Lewis. You know, very interesting discussion on, on Bitcoin first principles. So what are the qualities that, that money needs to have in order to be successful in the long term, right? Um, first of all, it needs to be durable. It needs to be portable. Money needs to be divisible. It needs to be uniform or kind of fungible. Um, it needs to be finite in supply or at least scarce, uh, generally accepted, and it needs to be reliable. So in order to talk about this in a kind of uh, clear way, you know, let's, let's have a discussion about Bitcoin in comparison to some other forms of money. So we're going to compare Bitcoin to gold. Of course, gold has acted as a, as a currency and a reserve asset for hundreds of years. But we're also going to compare it to like cigarettes. I know that's a bit strange, but you know, cigarettes are widely used in prison as a form of currency. We could talk about cows. Again, a bit odd, but around the world, cows are used uh, for bartering and for example, in Kenya, you can pay your dowry, right, your, your bride price um, with cows. And of course, US dollars, right? We, we should not forget. So first, let's talk about durability, right? Is Bitcoin the most durable? Let's look at cows, right? If you, if you don't feed your cows, uh, the cows die. So in that sense, gold is better than cows because, um, you know, gold doesn't rust. Cigarettes, you know, they can last for a long time, but, but not, as not as long as gold. And then dollars, I guess if you have, uh, if you have paper bills, uh, yeah, they can decay and they have to be replaced. Uh, but when you have like kind of digital dollars in your bank account, you know, they will exist for as long as the internet will exist and computers will exist. And for as long as there's a kind of record of their, their distribution. But I think the caveat there is that, you know, dollars lose value over time, uh, just due to basic inflation. And uh, more importantly, you know, if the fiat system were to collapse, then dollars will just not exist. 
um, and they can, in that sense, kind of theoretically disappear overnight. When it comes to Bitcoin, you know, Bitcoin is code. Code is not just a representation uh, of Bitcoin, it is code. And it will forever exist in cyberspace, uh, especially in a decentralized network uh, with uh, the prospect of uh, Bitcoin nodes, uh, you know, heading out into space. I guess a solar flare or like some terrible catastrophe that, that knocks out all electricity on Earth could, you know, wipe out Bitcoin for a while. But unless the Earth is destroyed or at least all digital traces of it are destroyed, you know, Bitcoin is likely to just kind of last forever. And what about portability, right? Um, the, the ability to carry things around easily. So is Bitcoin portable? Well, first let's talk about cows, you know, um, transporting cows around the world to pay for your bills is, is not very efficient and, and probably also uh, unethical. Fiat bills, you know, they are easier to carry around, but there is a kind of limit as to how much you can carry around safely, first of all, and there's also a limit as to much how you can carry over the border without having to declare it to customs. I guess, you know, you could send money across borders, including paying for stuff with your, your credit card. Uh, but as you know, you know, it takes days, sometimes weeks to reach final settlement. Gold is easy to carry around in small quality, uh, qu quantities in your pocket, uh, but it's not at all easy to send gold around the world. And you know, you could say like, yeah, but gold could be custodied and, and tokenized. Uh, but you know, when, when it comes to custody, there are high fees involved. Uh, and when it comes to tokens, I guess that's fine under kind of normal market conditions. But let's say you found yourself in a war and, um, you know, wh where you usually would have used maybe some gold and jewelry uh, to, buy, to buy bread and water or to, to, to buy an escape route. Um, I don't know if your tokens are going to be accepted. I guess cigarettes as a global currency is, is a pretty terrible idea. You know, I cannot imagine that you're paying for your kind of a Netflix subscription uh, with cigarettes. It's pretty stupid. And when it comes to Bitcoin, you know, Bitcoin sits on the Bitcoin network. So anywhere where you have access to the internet, you have access to your Bitcoin. Uh, and on top of the Lightning Network, you can pretty much send Bitcoin to anyone, anywhere for minimal cost. So let's talk about divisibility. Um, I mean, cow divisibility is pretty gory, right? I mean, in, in, in Kenya, if you pay for a, for a wedding, you may have to pay 11 cows or 12 cows, but you'd never have to pay 11 and a half cows, right? Of course, cigarettes, you could say they are divisible. If you, if you take a pack as a unit, you could open it and then you have 20 cigarettes that you could potentially tw uh, pay, pay people with. Um, however, the moment you open it, you know, there will be exposure to air and then the quality of the cigarettes goes down. So it's, it's not a very good idea. Um, when it comes to dollars, you could say yes, they're divisible by 100, right? 100 cents equals $1. There are, you know, that's fine on a kind of day-to-day -day basis. Uh, however, you know, with inflation, I think cents are going to become pretty meaningless. Uh, and, and, you know, even, even already on your kind of utility bills, you may see like 11.3 uh, cents per kilowatt hour. And, uh, you know, uh, often these, these kind of utility bills roll over until there's a, an actual payable amount. Then when we come to gold. I guess gold is very divisible. You can, you can divide gold all the way down to the atomic, to the atomic level. Uh, but that's very difficult to work with for kind of ordinary human beings, right? Unless you're using like heavy machinery and, uh, you know, very, very sophisticated uh, technology to kind of handle your atom, atom of gold. And then when it comes to Bitcoin, you know, I mean, e each Bitcoin can be divided into a hundred million cents that we call Satoshis. And even on, on higher layers, there is a possibility to, to, to even increase that divisibility uh, later on in the future. And so as, we, as we're going to see more adoption of Bitcoin, this thinking in sats becomes, um, becomes more and more prudent. 
Uh, and for this reason, AX is the first exchange to make the switch to a Satoshi-denominated balance and will very soon be uh, introducing SAT-denominated spot markets. So what about uniformity? Or sometimes we talk about this in the context of uh, fungibility. Okay, cows, right? Some cows are fat, some cows are skinny, some are strong, some are weak, some are old, some are young. Uh, yeah, not all cows are created equal, and so I wouldn't say that cows are very fungible or uh, you know, would constitute a very uniform currency. Um, I guess cigarettes, they differ per brand, you know, in quality, strength, uh, taste, age. Dollar bills and digits are, are pretty uniform. Um, you know, some bills may be too ragged and then they have to be replaced, but overall, you know, they're, they're pretty uh, fungible. Um, but of course, you know, some might be fake. And then we have gold. You know, gold is everywhere. I guess, you know, gold is pretty accepted everywhere. Uh, except, you know, in the form of jewelry, it may carry a premium. And then when it comes to Bitcoin, you know, one Bitcoin is one Bitcoin all over the, over the network. Uh, digits are digits. And there is no difference between any one Bitcoin. However, if a Bitcoin is associated with a kind of uh, blacklisted address, you know, or something, you know, something where it's proven that it was associated with crime. Theoretically, it's possible to like basically clean it and then, uh, and then the Bitcoin doesn't have a history, which is very similar to like cash, right? If you, if you hold a, a $1 bill, you have no idea where it went, what it was used for. And you could argue that that's a good thing because it makes that dollar fungible. You don't want to go to a supermarket and be like, uh, you want to pay someone with a $100 bill and they're like, wait a minute, I know that bill. Someone that was, you know, giving me trouble yesterday used that bill as well and I'm not going to serve you. So we don't want that type of, uh, of dynamic also with Bitcoin. So what about finite supply, right? I mean, we all know Bitcoin is finite, but let's talk about cows. Are cows finite? It's not proven. There, there may be planets out there with, with billions of cows, but even then, yes, cows are fi finite, right? I mean, there's not going to be an infinite amount of cows in the universe. So let's say they're finite and there could even be a disaster and then, you know, they become very scarce. I would still not necessarily advocate for central banks kind of turning into farms and uh, holding cows on their treasury. Cigarettes, I guess, you know, they're more scarce than dollars. Again, not, not a very ideal kind of reserve acid, but, but yeah, sure, cigarettes are finite, although you can grow tobacco and keep growing tobacco. So uh, the supply will always be there. And then, you know, it runs out. So it's kind of, you know, you, you consume it. Dollars, let's not even talk about dollars. I mean, they can just be printed on demand. Um, and when it comes to gold, yeah, definitely we can say gold is scarce, right? We're living on earth, it's difficult to get, it's scarce, but there is no proof that gold is finite. There is just no proof. There might be asteroids full of gold, um, deep in the ground, we might find more gold than we thought, uh, you know, and we might, we, we might even develop some technology that, that, that enables us to create gold, you know, just as, as happened to diamonds. Bitcoin, however, again, is code. Uh, capped at 21 million, uh, already three and a half million Bitcoin has been permanently lost due to passwords being lost. Um, and so if we really like kind of stretch the argument and, and realize that Bitcoin is finite, you know, we could imagine a time thousands of years from now where people are living on these golden planets in their golden houses with their golden shoes, surrounded by these kind of plentiful tobacco fields and, and grazing cows everywhere. And even then, you know, Bitcoin is still finite. Then we come to acceptability, right? So is Bitcoin accepted? Well, first let's talk about cigarettes. I, I guess cigarettes beyond prison and beyond kind of war zones uh, are seldom used as a currency and, and seldom accepted. Uh, we know that PayPal did not add support for, for payment in cows and they, they probably never will. 
Um, and then when we look at gold, you know, it's seldom used as a currency and since 1971, it hasn't actually been used to back a currency either. Dollars on the other hand, you know, I would say they're generally accepted, especially US dollars are generally accepted and if not, then you can usually exchange them quite easily for another major currency. And you know, in some places like in Iran, uh, you, you may be able to have to, they may sell at a premium. But what about Bitcoin, right? I mean, Bitcoin, Bitcoin can be accessed by anyone who has an internet connection. Uh, and it's seen rapid adoption, it's being, it's being added as a payment option by, by more and more merchants and e-commerce platforms. In Switzerland, you can pay your tax in Bitcoin. And of course, just 12 years after launch, uh, El Salvador declared it legal tender. So what about intrinsic value, right? Is, is Bitcoin intrinsically valuable and therefore uh, reliable? Well, I would say no. I would say it doesn't necessarily have intrinsic value, but over time value grows in relation to, to other things around it, right? So let, let's first say that life has value. And I know there's like pessimists out there who hate life. So uh, we don't have to have that discussion, but let's agree like life has value, we wanna be alive. And so in order to live, we need, we need food, we need air, we need water, uh, we need shelter. And I'd say like we, we need family and friends, right? We're social, social creatures. And when these things are in reach or kind of generally available in, in, in high supply, then we tend to value them a bit less, but that's okay. We know they have value. Um, other than that, I'd say that gold, cigarettes, cows as a currency uh, and Bitcoin you know, don't necessarily hold intrinsic value, but, but as they kind of become integrated with life and you know, uh, add to quality of life or enable certain communication uh, or enable certain uh, principles like ownership, yeah, then that's where they become valuable. I mean, I'd say cows, Cows are kind of an exception because they're alive, so they, they have that, that kind of intrinsic value, I would say, but that's just my view of the universe. But I guess, you know, if, you had to, if you're on a boat and the boat is sinking and you're offered either 100 Bitcoin or a gasp of air to keep you alive, most probably uh, you would choose air, right? Right? So yeah, that's it. I think thinking about Bitcoin from a, from a first principles perspective uh, can be helpful to see things with a, with a clearer vision uh, and I think that's what it's all about. It's all about waking up.